listeners, and uh, welcome to the Amazing Avenue Winter Meetings special. I'm Ken Lavin. Uh, I'm joined here by, with <clears throat> by Lucas Vlahos and uh, Liam Murphy, both contributors for the site. How are you guys doing? All right. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, long time. I'm no not see. doing too bad. <laughs> we just forgot about Liam for a second. Yes, we did. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> People tend to do that. Uh, we try not to here, but okay. Um, yeah, so <laughs> a little bit about this. Uh, we're going to try something a little bit new, and uh, we're going to be covering the winter meetings in a little more detail. Um, you know, today we're recording on Sunday, December 8th, the first day of the meetings. We're hoping to do one each night uh, of the meetings through December 12th. So, you know. Just short reaction podcasts to, you know, discussing the major events and news that happened that day from the meetings. And uh, today's mostly going to be a, a preview of where the Mets kind of sit, what they've done so far, heading into the, you know, big meetings with everybody. So, Spoiler alert, we're already annoyed. We're already annoyed, and I suspect that's going to continue. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I guess a little bit about the winter meetings in general real fast before we get into kind of the meat and potatoes. Um, it's an annual event that Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball host every year. Uh, it goes for typically four days. They discuss league business and all the teams discuss transactions, trade signings. Basically, it's an excuse to get everybody in the same place to just conduct business and figure things out for the upcoming season. It also includes uh, a job fair, the Professional Baseball Employment Opportunities Job Fair. Uh, you laugh, but a buddy of mine got a, a job with the Binghamton Rumble Ponies a couple years ago uh, out of that. So all you upwardly, up, upwardly mobile job seekers out there, there you go. Uh-huh. Um, and the <laughs> Rule 5 draft takes place on the last day, which uh, we'll be discussing probably in pretty great depth this upcoming week on Lucas and I's other podcast, From Complex to Queen, so look out for that. And uh, this year it's being held at the Hilton Bayfront Hotel in San Diego. So that's nice. – uh, yeah. Nice to get out of the winter weather, I guess, for a little bit, though I'd like the winter weather, so – yeah, occasionally they have them in, like, Washington or places where it's, like, cold during this time of year, and that just fundamentally doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> like, if you're going to nice. have a – the cold is nice, but also if you're going to have a conference, might as well make it someplace warm. Fair. <laughs> someplace that would serve as sort of like a vacation destination, but, mm-hmm. you know. I don't think Iowa. Iowa, yeah. Iowa go. gets a shout out. Also very cold this time of year, but I don't know. There's corn, so <laughs> that's nice. Caucuses, you know, that um, kind of stuff. So uh, I just just asking for some clarification. Is the uh, whole minor league contraction plan being discussed at this winter meetings too? I I in, can't say for theory. sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure with everybody in one place that. There's definitely going. I, I would assume there are meetings between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball to hammer. Bernie something. Sanders is actually standing outside with a picket sign right now, complaining about <laughs> it. <laughs> um, Feel the burn, guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I take no political stance on this podcast. Yeah, um, that's, that, we're not making any no political politics. statements. <laughs> that's just a thing that happened this week. <laughs> 
All right, so you guys want to get into our first segment? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, you want to discuss uh, Marisnik and Brock? Yeah, just, just kind of where we sit as the, the meetings are starting. Um, oh, sorry. You know, maybe thoughts and reactions, and then we'll kind of get into what this says about <laughs> the Mets, where they're at, and where they think they're at. <laughs> Nothing good. Yeah. Uh, so I guess for those of you who don't know, uh, the Mets traded for Jake Marisnik of the Astros. They traded uh, Kennedy Corona, minor leaguer who split the year between the Dominican Summer League, the Gulf Coast League, and cameoed with Brooklyn at the end of the year, and Blake Taylor, who um, was recently converted to the pen and pitched between, I think, high A and double A this year? Yes, yes. Last he year. got like one inning in AAA, I think, something like that. Yeah. Or maybe it was one out, whatever. Yeah, so um, I guess we'll start with uh, what are you guys' thoughts on Jake Marisnik, what they gave up, the process here? Jake Jake Marisnik is fine. He's a defensively talented center fielder. They needed that. It fits. They didn't give up a real prospect, though I like Blake Taylor a lot as a lefty who can get righties out and pitch multiple innings. Mm-hmm. The process I, is terrible. Yeah, right? like, I would just just go sign Kevin Pillar for three to four million more than what Maristic will cost you, and keep two prospects. There's like, literally like twenty of these guys available. Billy Hamilton would largely fall into this category um, as a low end version of this, but like another guy who could be had for literally nothing. Um, Draw Dyson we talked about about ten minutes ago mm-hmm. <laughs> on our other show. You know, these guys are available. <laughs> For money. For money and not talent. Uh, sorry, Liam, I think, I think we cut you off a little bit there. No, it's fine. Uh, I was just gonna probably also bring up the point of how Corona is maybe not the guy to deal to a team like the Astros. Yeah, for the record, I think you, um, I think he played in the game that, uh, we saw Allen in together at the end of the year. I don't think yeah, me and Steve were currently discussing this. Yeah. Uh, earlier. Uh yeah, I believe I saw him um and I think he was hitting bombs cuz I think I was texting uh Jared. I'd have to go back through my text, but I was texting Jared at the time. The I just remember somebody hitting bombs, but might not might not have been Corona. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, I definitely care more about Taylor, and I know I attach to random relievers, so I'm wrong probably, hey, but that, like, that is your right as somebody who follows this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Taylor, Taylor in his first year out of the bullpen was running a five to one strikeout to walk ratio, pitching multi inning outings as a lefty reliever. It's like fitting three different archetypes that are becoming more popular out of the bullpen. The Mets haven't mm-hmm. really developed any of these guys, and they just said, you know, Let's trade a high a guy with a high spin rate and some promising bullpen results to a smarter team than us. What could go wrong? Right, like I'm his, willing to bet uh, money. Curveball was his best pitch. Yes, yes. Okay, just I'm fine. willing to like put money down. Granted, like in all reality, like Taylor probably sucks. Corona probably never makes the majors. It's not a big deal. But the process of it is just awful. Like you traded two prospects in order to save three to four million dollars, which 
I could tolerate if it, if this team was like at the luxury tax or something. Be like, all right, fine, you're you, you're at the tax. They're four fifty million dollars short of the tax or something. Like, I don't know. Uh, it, it's very irritating. And watch Blake Taylor be like the Astros replacement for Will Harris this year or something. Watch Jake Taylor or Blake Taylor be like slightly better than all of the random shuttle arms that are bound to get their tits lit. Brand, brand, randomly better than the 7th <laughs> or 8th arms in the Mets bullpen right now, with our, which are like... Uh, better than Chris Mazza. <laughs> Ty Bachelor and... Uh, I don't even know who the 8th guy would be. No one good. In, insert slapdick prospect here. Slapdick <laughs> prospect. And that's the name of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Tony, yeah, Blake, Blake Snell is, is great. I love Blake Snell. Uh, that was one of the better quotes uh, I've heard of, of all time. It's, it's I, I can't I can't top that. I also I also know uh, uh, I've lost my train of thought. Total, total oh total not separate. I know we make fun of the Rays for like. Uh, the meme of make 12 moves to get slightly cheaper and slightly worse. Yes, I see it. That meme, that said, I think that fam trade was pretty good for them, but whatever. I think it was more of like the, uh. Oh, just the, like, the hilarity of Snell yeah. game, like, ugh, <laughs> on Twitch was great. Um, Can we get that Mets players when the Wilpons do stupid stuff? That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I, want to I see wouldn't be surprised Pete Alonso streaming. <laughs> I mean, didn't he call out Andy Martino of SNY on Twitter like two days ago? I think this is correct. <laughs> All right, so do we want to start talking about Brad Brock now? Sure. <laughs> we'll circle around to Big Pete. <laughs> what do you guys have to say about Brad Brock? I'm... Um, Fifth or sixth arm in a bullpen for what did he get? Like a million dollars? Nice move. Yeah. As a setup guy, which is what he will be at the end of the, the off season. What the hell? Again, I have I'm completely confused by this off season now, just with the recent events. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, wild I times we're living in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with the way this offseason's panning out. This is a very – I mean, we'll get into this once we start talking about the larger major league playing field. But, you know, play, players are getting paid again. Still not at the same level. I think Rob Arthur had a Twitter post about this, but they're still not getting paid. Uh, Garrett Cole's getting made a $245 million deal from the Yankees. Uh, so I don't know, because I was thinking maybe Gio Gonzalez would sign a $7 million deal, but with the, but with Zach Wheeler getting five and 118, I don't know. I don't know how any of these contracts are going to pan out. I think, uh, I, I wonder if t- if every team is just leaning into the avoid mid-tier free agents entirely mantra, that being like the top nine or ten guys are going to get big contracts, bigger than we expect, but mm-hmm. still what commensurate with what they deserve. And all the mid-tier guys who actually aren't that good and historically have been overpaid are just not going to get paid. Like Gio Gonzalez isn't going to get that much, I don't think. 
Yeah, if we're looking at, you know, the list of guys who were non-tendered as sort of like where the middle class of free agency, you know, comparable to that middle class of free agency that's dying, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it seems like you're right where the top, the high end guys or the guys who are, you know, the upper echelon of that sort of middle tier mm-hmm. are getting paid. Um, but nobody wants to shell out for the middle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, simply put, the middle tier of free agency has never been a good place to invest. No, like, yeah. I, if, I mean, if the game is moving in the direction where teams want to pay high end stars a lot and not pay for mid tier guys, uh, the player lean, union should lean into that and be fun, like, fine, okay, now pay the young guys more. And then, and rebalance things that way. Like, I'm not going to get particularly upset about Gio Gonzalez not getting paid. But I, that's I just me. Gio, I like Gio Gonzalez. Just, I just love a good curveball and, you know, it's just, just like nice my aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I can actually, I can sympathize with that. Curveballs have always been my favorite pitch to watch. Um, but like, I'm wondering if Kyle Gibson's contract or Jordan Lyle's contract is kind of a way forward for some of these mid-tier free agents. Cause even Jordan Lyles and, uh, I just said his name, Kyle Gibson, uh, they got two and three years respectively for like eight and 10 million AAV. The Rangers feel like the ones tacking away from this idea though, right? Cause they gave Mike Miner the same contract. They gave Kyle, uh, not Kyle, uh, uh, why do I want to say Kyle Loach? That's not it. Uh, Kyle Gibson? Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. They gave Lance Lynn oh. the same contract. Like, this is the second offseason in a row. They're like, yeah, we'll just give a bunch of mid-tier pitchers mid-tier contracts. Mm. And they have a, now, like, Lynn, Miner, Gibson, and Lyles, and suddenly they have a full rotation. Which is, so, like, something you can do with mid-tier free agents. <laughs> you can go out and sign a bunch for, like, I mean, what? You're getting probably 300 innings for $18 million. I don't. It's not bad. I don't hate. Like I think these contracts are fine. Like I think the mid tier guys would have in, in the past. If like you scaled up previous free uh, free agent spending on mid tier guys to modern dollars, the mid tier guys would be getting like fifty or sixty million, which is just not like that's not worth investing probably. Like, but for ten million, yeah, they're absolutely. I'll take Kyle Gibson and Mike Miner and. Yeah, you're you're paying him respect. Like, there's no upside there, but you're paying him for what he is, you know, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Uh, my biggest issue with Brock is that why did this have to happen now? Is somebody like, <laughs> like he might have wanted to come back, and his yeah, agent and might have reached out, and they might have famous for for bringing back old faces, regardless of. It's just like I can't help but think that Brad Brock is, you know. Look, Either cooked or I have cooked. I care a lot less about teams moving fast to sign low value contracts, right? Like I have no problem with being an early mover to sign someone who I think is a decent like sixth or seventh inning reliever to a cheap deal. Yeah, it's true. Signing Jury's familiar to a three year, thirty million dollar deal ahead of everyone else is yeah, pretty damn stupid. Fair. But I can't get worked up over Brock sign of them bring back Brock early. What we should get worked up is that they're not going to add another release. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is it makes me think that maybe (laughs) 
this is what we're in store for. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it will be extremely interesting to see how quickly people get signed, especially because it really does look like Garrett Cole will be signed within the next two weeks. And yeah. the effect that not being signed had on the earning potential of players last year. Mm-hmm. I do wonder, like, uh, 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 if the, if the Yankees slash Angels pivot hard to Strasburg if they miss on Cole, or if they're just much less interested in him. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Hmm. And then, like in terms of people the Mets are going to invest in, like there's no there there are barely any like there's no catchers worth spending money on. Like I'd like Jason Castro as a backup, but whatever. There's no center fielders worth spending money on. There's not even that many relievers worth spending money on at this point. They missed on Pomeranz and and who else? And Will Smith went to the Braves. Who else is there? Dallin Betances. Ugh. <laughs> so I don't I don't know that they're going to spend a whole lot, honestly. Yeah. Um, so let's take a break and then we'll continue to look ahead at the um, you know where the bets sit. And, you know, what we hope they accomplish uh, in the upcoming meetings across the next few days. So let's take a break. Uh, welcome back. This is the Amazing Amazing Avenue Winter Meeting Special, uh, tentatively titled Slapdick Prospect. Um, <laughs> I'm Kenneth Lavin. I'm joined by Lucas Vlahos and Liam Murphy. And uh, we just discussed sort of where the Mets sit after making a few moves pre-winter meetings. Now let's start looking ahead and um, discuss what we think the Mets will do and what we hope they do, they'll do uh, in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. So, Lucas, you want to say you want to go first? Sure. So I made a tweet about this, actually, and I forget what I was tweeting about. I was angry about something. Point is, I said the Mets will sign one, one mid-tier reliever. Uh... Rick Porcello, and, like, a bad backup catcher, rolled the same team. Oh, it was after Zach Wheeler signed. I'm like, look, they're going to replace Wheeler with Porcello, sign one reliever and a bad bench bat, roll it back, and say, we tried. Like, so it's going to be Rick Porcello, um, reliever, 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 like, maybe it might be just be Brad Brock. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is Brad Brock the... <laughs> mid-tier reliever? He might be. Uh, and then, I don't know, like... It's probably Mayor. Dylan Patanzas. He kind of checks all the boxes, right? That's such a typical bad Mets signing. What? Yep. It's hey, just... let's take this guy who has not been healthy in over a year and... <laughs> and did he... He didn't actually tear his Achilles, did he? Or did he? Uh, <laughs> I'd almost be more willing to sign him if he had already torn it so that he'd already had the surgery. Like, so yeah, one bad bench bat. Maybe it was one uh, partially torn. Did he have surgery or no? Uh, I'll tell you right now. Just continue on. Um, yeah, so, so okay. Like I said, one so- crummy bench bat, which might be Max Moroff, who they're very high on. One mid-tier reliever, which might be Brad Brock. Rick Porcello, because we've been saying that for like six months, so it's going to happen. On, on that note, Andy Martino of SNY earlier today said that of of Rick Porcello, he's on the list. 
But the Mets might go with more of a depth piece. Depends on his price market. What? What is a more of a depth piece than more Rick of a depth piece than Rick Porcello? Hey, here's um, the who's not probably Rick Homer Bailey. <laughs> Homer Bailey would be better than Rick Porcello. I'd rather sign Homer. Wow, Bailey. that is a hot take, sure. Is, Homer Bailey was really good last year. Wait, he was? I was not paying attention to Homer Bailey last year. Oh, honestly, I don't think Homer he can blame Bailey. me for that one. 8.2 K9, 2.92 BV9, 4.57 ERA, 4.11 FIP, 3 F4. Wow. He just started spamming <laughs> his... Bailey. I'd rather... Oh, have... okay. Yeah, he's one of the optimization guys. Gotcha. You think I'd they... I'd sign Homer can... Bailey and have him spam his splitter for 150 innings and give Rick Porcello $9 million. Ugh. You think Jeremy Hellickson, then? Is that a depth speed? Yeah, that's, that's a depth. Yeah, that's a that's, signing. That's a fine vintage there. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Dylan Batantis did not get surgery. Uh, it was just that. Yeah, hospital uh, for like, special surgery. So he didn't get surgery. Nope. So the Mets will sign him. He will pitch two innings. He will fully tear the Achilles and be done. Perhaps. That is- that is exactly what will happen. That is the most Mets outcome possible. So that, that's that's what you think the Mets will do, and what you would hope for the Mets to do would be? Uh, so I'm going to be simple and just say make the team appreciably better. <laughs> make the better the team better in a real and tangible way. Take but, all okay, of those should, things we that we like, think they are going to do and just do them in the right way. Get we like, should bifurcate this, right? Like... What would we actually like them to do? I'd like them to go sign Garrett Cole and Anthony Rendon. Well, yeah. <laughs> but that's so far beyond the realm of possibility. Like, what would we, we actually like them to do that's somewhat within the framework of what Yeah, with, going within the to? realm of what is possible, given... Yeah, like, um, yeah, Garrett Cole is most likely being signed by the Yankees, as uh, is currently being leaked uh, out several yeah. times. And Great. sometimes... A player, a team just wants a player, and you're not gonna beat them. They did draft him as a high schooler. They've loved him for like a yeah, decade. Yeah, isn't this like the yeah. third time they've been in on Garrett Cole? Yes, yes. Um, oh man, Craig Stammen is being leaked to the Mets. Who? Craig Stammen. I don't hate that, honestly. That's not a bad signing. I don't. I'm on it. MLB trade rumors. Yeah, I'd, I'd be cool like, with that. That's fine. Again, just throw throw. We need depth in this pen more than anything yeah. else. Um, so maybe the one not guy more than that, anyone, anything else, but yeah. <laughs> the one guy that I have kind of hooked on as a good depth signing now is Jason Castro, who I mentioned already. I would really like to see Jason Castro brought in as a second catcher. Um, good defender, has a history of hitting decently well. But had a down, uh, a, a lost playing time last year to Mitch Garver. Um, <laughs> bats lefty, so he compliments Ramos in that regard. He's older, he's probably not gonna get a lot of money. Like, that's a high quality backup that lets you keep Ramos healthy and keep him off the field yep. for your pitchers who don't want to pitch to a terrible receiver. Like, and if they're gonna invest in a good bench piece, I'd like Castro. Yeah, he's uh, like, Robin like Chirinos is very much in that same bent. Chirinos can't play defense. Yeah, sure, but I think he's he's being seen he's seen as a very good receiver. Can he? Is he? So I, I that's what I was looking at. 
Okay, you might. So, I might be wrong. I'm checking real quick. The thing I no, particularly I'm looking, like, I'm looking at who he's a personal catcher for. Oh right, he was like Verlander's personal receiver, wasn't he? Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Like again, it's all relative, but there are people that again, catching stats aren't public. Catching data isn't very good. Bryceville Perspectives actually says Trinos was a good framer, so you're right. I'm wrong. I didn't realize he was a good framer. Bang, bang. Yep. I, I like Castro personally, mostly just because he's left-handed and has a history of hitting righties very well, which Wilson Ramos does not necessarily. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for a 50-50 timeshare, I think that's a pretty way, pretty good way to do it that's pretty leverageable. Yep. That's so. exactly what I was thinking. How do you guys right. feel about some of those non-tender arms? I think that's like the most interesting part of the market in terms of guys to fill out the back of the rotation. Like, gamble on Kevin Gossman or Tywin Walker. I don't I will, know how you guys feel about I that. I will take Taiwan Walker over Kevin Gossman any day. And really? it's just because I've watched, I've watched a lot of brave starts. Regardless, <laughs> like, the, Beyond my Mets <laughs> fandom, I also watch just like Phillies games as well mm-hmm. because just because I'm a weirdo. Um, and yes, no, I I say no to Kevin Gossman, please no. He I, had a five seven two ERA last year, which is one of those like not like would we still be talking about him if he wasn't a um a top prospect at one point? Well, he did have a couple. He had like he was good for three years before last year. Mm. Um, but, but like, good is relative in that it was like what is what was it like a high three, low four ERA in yeah. the era where. But like again, that was a era. It's a different ball now. Yeah, that's fair. I will say this though. Here are his stats as a reliever last season: eleven point nine five K nine, two point two one BB nine. 2.72 FIP. I would be really interested in him as a multi-inning reliever if he'd sign in that role. Will the Mets deploy him in no, such that no, way? Absolutely if, not, but, you know... This is have, the question we have to ask before we say anything. I always say that whenever you're talking about Mets, um, you know, Mets stuff, you have to have the conversation as what the Mets will realistically do versus what the Mets should realistically should do, you know, not tied to anything. Uh, I'm not sure which is more interesting, but like, I really want the Mets to sign Shogo Akiyama. Yeah, that'd be cool. Which one is he the center fielder or the corner outfielder? Center fielder. Okay. I I can't keep them straight. (laughs) I spoke to Ka, to Kaz. I'd do it. I'd give it a shot, absolutely. Yeah, why not? Uh, or, like, I also kind of want Pedro Strope. Why not? Sure. I'd give it um, Like, my dream would be just sign Gio Gonzalez and, like, one other random starting pitcher, move Steven Matz to the bullpen as a multi-inning reliever, and just go from there. And then maybe sign Shogo Akiyama. Let me float one other topic that I think is important here. Sure. Um, what do you do with Dom Smith? 
Um, all right. So let, let's, let's take it this way. If Dom Smith is on the team next year, what is his role? Limited bench bat. Yeah. Who left, doesn't play the outfielder. outfield well. He doesn't play the outfield well. He doesn't hit as well as J.D. Davis. He doesn't hit as well as Pete Alonso. So you have a first base outfield bench bat who is a le- worse hitter and equally bad defender to the guys in front of him. He's probably better at first than Pete, but whatever. Yeah, but that's like first. quibbling. He's, right. he's not, he's not leagues better. He has no role on this team. I would trade him for the best reliever I could. Just find a team. I think agree. With, uh, who needs a first baseman. Uh, like maybe the Tigers. The one guy I'd really love to get my hands on and I don't know if it's feasible would be Jose Leclerc. Uh, cause the yeah, Rangers do cool. need a first baseman. Um, and Leclerc is one of the, uh, the cheap extension guys. Leclerc has a really cheap extension and then regressed because his control is kind of nutty. And by which I mean it's, it's all over the place, but his strikeout rate is insane. Like I think, and he got time as an opener last year. Not that the Mets will do that, but like, I, I don't think Dom Smith or the team is served by him, be, served well by him being on the team next year. Yep. Um, do we want to frame our discussion of what the Mets want to do based off of what the other teams in our division have done because both the Braves and Phillies have made pretty significant ads. Yeah, they have. Yeah, let's let's go with that. (laughs) There is a very Um, loose, tangible structure to this, so. Yeah, I I think this is a good way to, we say what the Mets might want to do, and then this is what the Phillies are going to do. And the Phillies might get Anthony Rendon alongside their already acquired Zach Wheeler. Yep. Which is pretty yep. good. So They're we've already all... seen one team in the division get significantly better, right? Regardless of what your thoughts are on, on Zach Wheeler and how good he actually is. He's, he's way upgrade. better than Vince Velasquez. Exactly. He's a significant upgrade over the incumbent. So And and more importantly, they can not more importantly, but significantly they can shove Velasquez in the bullpen now where his stuff might actually be really, really good. Yeah. I hate to break it to you, Lucas. I've seen it. Seen what? I've seen him in the bullpen. I saw it last year. Still not good? It's still not good. I don't know. Like, maybe an off-season. Like, <laughs> Who knows? Gets... Maybe he goes to drive. Who knows? <laughs> drive. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the oh, yeah, I guess they are really going to be a driveline team now, right? They are. They, the hitting yeah. coach is directly from there, or the, one of the meanwhile, minor league coordinators is directly from driveline. The Braves ha- ca- still have Melanson, who they acquired last year. They kept Chris Martin. They kept Darren O'Day, and they also signed the best reliever on the market in Will yep. Smith. The Braves have also gotten significantly better. Uh, on, on, and it's worth noting, on a team that was significantly better than, mm-hmm. you know, the Mets were. The Nats uh, are signaling that they're gonna not going to sign, but re-sign both Stras and Rendon, so they're going to get worse. So that's nice. But But they were a comparable team. And the Mets have lost a few key pieces. And. <laughs> I mean, hell, even the Marlins are getting better. Yeah, they got Aguilar and, uh, uh, VR. How much do you want to bet that, like, Addison Russell winds up there randomly? 
Oh, God. It's entirely possible. Which will be very annoying, but I think that's what happens. Yeah, I do not wrong. He might also end up on the, like, Orioles, weirdly. Sure, sure. I could see He's going to wind up man. on that kind of team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really frustrating to see the Mets really not going for it when both I mean, the Braves aren't going to go to the luxury tax. They're dumb, and the way they're – what is it, Liberty Media? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Liberty Media. But, again, they're spending money, but they also have a ton of space for it because they've severely underpaid everybody. But the Phillies are clearly making an intention to say, screw it to the luxury tax and just go for it. There's an understanding there that they need to get better if they're going to get – where they want to get. And I I wish that was the case with the Mets. Um, I guess. So let's throw to another break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll kind of wrap this conversation up and um, I want to make a few more points. So let's go to a break. Welcome back. This is the amazing Avenue winter meeting special. Um, I'm Ken Lavin. I'm, I'm joined by Lucas Vlahos and Liam Murphy. Um, and yeah, let's just uh, kind of wrap up and with our discussion of what we're hoping for from uh, the Mets at the, the winter meetings. So one point that I wanted to make is I am very pessimistic about what the Mets are going to do this upcoming week, mostly just because of all of the news that's come out about the change in ownership that's being currently being negotiated between the Wilpons and Steve Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I'm, and also based on what they've already done, I, I think that this is going to be mostly a holding pattern and hoping on variance uh, for the winter meetings and then moving forward. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I agree. Yeah, I'm not very optimistic in any way. Who knows? Maybe uh, surprise us, but yeah, I'm I'm more towards you. Uh, I I don't know if. Old man Fred goes, I want a World Series, and just decides to go for it, which he might. Yep. Because they're only in control of the team for five years, and does he really care if he just pays a penalty if he really wants the championship? I don't know. If that's the the case, they'd be, we'd hear rumors about it by now, right? Because, if that if they were going to do something like that, they'd be in on Cole and Rendon, and those markets are already heating up, and we've heard nothing. I think it would take them being bad this year for that to happen next year. I think that's my thought on that. Mm. Like, you would have to have under... Uh, I was talking to somebody else. I was talking to Steve Saipa today, actually, and we both kind of were wondering who the severe underperformance from last year will be, and um, that will kind J- of determine. J.D. Davis. Um, no, I I was actually saying it, it, it would be probably somebody more random. Just who knows? You know, there's always the weird Brandon Nimmo – plays with a injured neck. Oh yeah, there's gonna there's gonna be one of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There will always be I mean, one. It doesn't the history of this organization. Like somebody's gonna be asked to play hurt for a month and then you know 
Greg Wilpon has also thought Brandon Nimmo was bad for like half a decade now. So yeah, there's there's several ways. Would you say um, that the Mets still view Brandon Nimmo, despite being a real big leaguer, as a slapdick prospect? Probably. Um, probably. Not just a real big leaguer, an elite hitter. Yeah, no, a very good hitter, yes. The dude's an elite hitter. I think the one thing that might influence them away from thinking that is everybody else asking for Brandon Nimmo. <laughs> It's likely like, they trade an outfielder. Team, <laughs> almost every team in baseball would line up for a 130-weighted, high-on-base percentage bat who can fake it in center occasionally and play good corner outfield defense. He legitimately is an elite on-base percentage, like, talent. That's he's. You're talking about, like, outliers? Brandon Nimmo is an outlier when it comes to play discipline. Mm-hmm. And- this has been our He walked 80% of Malcolm the time. Gladwell. <laughs> <laughs> he walked 18 in 18% of his plate appearances and he couldn't turn his head for at least half the season. <laughs> That's this an elite skill set. <laughs> All right. Uh, now seems like a proper time to wrap up, I suppose. Yeah. Let's do that. So this has been the Amazing Avenue Winter Meeting Special, uh, tentatively titled Slapdick Prospect. Um, we're hoping to do a couple of these, you know, each night for the next few nights while the winter meetings are happening to just kind of recap what's going on. Uh, so please check out the site at AmazingAvenue.com as well as all of its accounts on social media. They're at Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, I'm Ken Lavin. You can find me on Twitter at, at KenLavin91. Uh, my co-hosts are Lucas Vlahos. Lucas, where can people find you on Twitter? Lvlahos343. Dope. Liam, uh, I'm also joined by Liam Murphy. <laughs> he is, you know, do you want to? At G, uh, J-E-A-N-Z-10470. <laughs> it's a terrible handle, I know. Mm. And, uh, yeah, you can find the show as well as all of the other great shows that the site has to offer, including Unformidable, a pot of their own, Amazing Avenue Audio, the show, and the aforementioned from Complex to Queens uh, on the Amazing Avenue Audio feed on Apple Podcasts or wherever else, wherever else you get your podcasts from. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the the show on you know iTunes or wherever you get the, you're listening to this from. Uh, you can get in contact with the show by reaching out to any of us on Twitter or by emailing. AAAudioPodcast at gmail.com and including winter meeting special in the subject line since uh, Amazing Avenue Audio, the show, was nice enough to loan us that for the week. And uh, yeah, we'll hopefully be back tomorrow to recap days one and two of the winter meeting. So let's go Mets and let's hope most of what we said is wrong. <laughs>